Hey, welcome back everyone to the Reflex Blue Show. My name is Donovan Beery and I have with me from, from the How Design Live, still in Boston, Zipong Ju. Hello. How you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? Good. And and you're actually you you've probably the fur you've probably traveled the furthest out of all the guests we've had on this week. Well, I live in New York City, which oh. is only a thirty minute fly. So it's Oh, not that I bad. thought but I thought you I'm said you were raised from, in China. No. Okay. You said you were from China, so but you're Well, I am from China, but is I'm flying from New York. Okay. Well maybe maybe you traveled less than any of us. Then. Yes. Okay. Probably the least. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm from Omaha, so it's it it was it, you know there's no direct flights. Well, there probably is, but they're expensive, and so it's quite the trip. So, um, Zipong, what are you uh, what are you speaking about here? Well, it's interesting that you ask. I actually had to change my talk a little bit over the weekend. Something happened. And oh, it's new. Yeah. Well, so I was gonna give a brand new talk, and then this talk. The universe was sending many signals to not give this talk this weekend. I, I'm not usually a suspicious kind of, uh, no, superstitious kind of person, but because of that, I'm need, I altered my talk a little bit. So it's going to be new still, but uh, not exactly the, uh, I took some slides out, basically. Oh, can you talk about it? Or can you talk about what the new is or maybe what the old was? Like, well, this I've, is exciting. This is like, this is like insider scoop stuff. It's super insider scoop. I was going to talk about something to do with a breakup. And strangely enough, my, the person that I was referring to resurfaced in my life over the weekend. And I just think the universe is trying to tell me, you know what, maybe hold this conversation to a little bit later until I fully resolved my um, uh, situation, I would say. That's fair. So this, so, so, what you're saying is the universe has told you that the the story hasn't come to the end of the talk. It's not finished yet. So, yeah. yeah so, I, I, to be fair, mm -hmm. I think this particular topic was very exciting for me because it was very personal. I would say my... Updated talk is still personal. However, I think it's in some way more applicable and then I think the previous one was more specific Okay, well what's and this is going out well after your speech So we're not doing anything like but what, are, yeah. what is the takeaway you want people to get from the talk you're giving and what is the title of the new? Of the new it's still gonna call rainbow. However, I think the definition of rainbow is Gonna change a little bit and so basically, I use rainbow as a metaphor of the beauty after hardship. And I think the new one updated, it's basically about the collective trauma that we've all been through in the past two years. Oh, some, has something happened in the last two years that I missed? I mean, you didn't miss I'm much. O I'm in Omaha, so maybe maybe we didn't, didn't hear miss about much. it. Maybe the news didn't talk about something over the last two years. No, no, um, nothing happened. Nothing? It's nothing? just chill. Okay. Yeah, just people become very <laughs> sad for no reason whatsoever. All of a sudden. Okay, I, I I caught wind of something, but I didn't I didn't quite get what it, what, what was going on. As you, as long as you didn't caught what you were not supposed to caught, that's all that matters. Okay. okay. And no, actually, actually, it's it's it did it did make news even yes. in Omaha obviously yes so. yes it's inevitable unfortunately yeah. yeah what 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 comes out of this hardship and and what's the takeaway you want people to get like like is the rainbow the good thing that comes from it or 
Yes, and in in so many ways, I can't really speak for everybody else, but for for myself, actually, my career has changed drastically over the past two years because of what happened, and in so many ways that it pushes my work in a direction that I didn't anticipate anticipate before, and I hope that in some way. It could motivate people to make bolder choices, and also encourage people to take a look from within, and then make work that's more personal. And what what type of how did it work with over the last two years? Then I assume that that did did your work then become more personal? Is that what you're trying to? Yeah, in, in so many ways. So I think prior to the pandemic, I am. Sort of one of those people that I makes I make one thing a day, you know. So I force myself to make a lot of work that just for the sake of making work. But then, ever since the pandemic, I first of all started therapy, and then from that, I think I think the therapy industry is blown up. Obviously, I assume. Funny enough, my therapists were free during the pandemic for the first two years. They recently just started to charge me because they were covered by my health care for some reason. Sure. Yeah. But yes, for sure. I would say because of that, I get to sort of work on a lot of the issues that I have with myself and with the work that I do. And from that, I get to actually reflect that into the work that I make. And I think it was interesting to me that I look back the work that I made two years ago versus the work that I make now, there's so much more warmth, there's so much more more inner thoughts, I would say, that's injected into the work versus before. I think it was so much about, you know, exploring form and trying to make the cool thing. But then now I think I'm I care about the message of the work more than how it looks, if that makes sense. For those listeners, where do where do you where do you uh, send people if they want to see more of your work or if they want to follow you? Like, what's what's the best place for people to go to? Well, I think my Instagram is probably the easiest at ZZ Design, and um, your, your I have Instagram ZZ Design, all one word, all one word. Great, and um, you know, there's over you know twenty seven hundred things I've made on there, and then you you really you really do stick to the at least one a day then. Well, I well. I've been on the platform for a very long time. I think the first few years, yes, definitely one a day. And then you can, and I, I usually don't delete a lot of stuff on my gram. So you can scroll all the way back to see things from, you know, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago. And then to see the journey that I have been on, if you have the time, go for it. I mean, it's a long, long, long scroll, but it's, it's, it's fun. It is, it is cool, too, because I know that as designers, we're constantly, like, updating our portfolio and trying to hide every work that we did that we're not, you know, from the past a lot of times because you're, like, you're like, no, I can only show, like, my 10 best things. And so it's, it's, it's great that someone can see, like, there is growth in this industry and that you don't just become a great designer, like, day one. Not that the other – not that I'm sure you're – I have not scrolled to see your stuff from 10 years ago, but I'm assuming that the stuff now – is a little bit stronger than the stuff 10 years ago. I would say it's different. And in some ways, I sort of see it as, think about musicians, right? Like they can't really erase the album they have released from before. And then that's sort of how I approach mine is, I'm not going to delete a previous album, you know, if I'm a musician, like why should I delete some of the things from before? And I, I think in many ways it shows not only the journey, but also it's good for me to see how 
it has changed both for me and the industry in so many ways. And it's a very fascinating information for me to look back. And every time I look back some of the stuff, for example, the other day I was looking at this old animation that I made. I have a lot of very like wiggly and flashy animation and then versus the work that I make now have so much more smooth smoothness it's like very like visually satisfying in different ways like the first the my my previous work before it's you know a lot of very saturated color and a lot of strobe light kind of feeling it's almost like a nightclub and now I'm sort of graduated into I don't know a weekend brunch if that makes sense <laughs> So, so you were doing Red Bulls and vodkas, and now you're into mimosas. More like gin and tonic to like Bloody Mary, I guess. Okay, okay. I, I just didn't know. I didn't know what the what the drink for the yeah, for the yeah. brunch. I mean, I don't really drink, but you know, if if, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, if yeah, I yeah. have to choose, I would say those two are the uh, more reflective of my personality. Okay. Bitter well, and sweet. And yeah, spicy. your website. Your website is is refreshing in 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 the color and the the directness of the work that usually when you. I'm used to seeing a lot of corporate stuff, but it was just fun. I mean, your your work was very fun. Thank you. So and then much. and then you have um. I have to I have to ask about you know you get a bunch of superhero penises here. Yes. So this is one of those personal projects that I am very passionate about. Still very passionate about. I think about this all the time. It's this project called Supercox and Supercox. Yeah, Supercox. And, and and they go to Instagram to see these, or is there a different? Uh, I. I think they got taken down by Instagram. I think, unfortunately, these are these are these are graphical image or graphic representations, and they're in their graphic designs. They're not photos. They're not photos, for but those, some, some, for, some yeah, somebody yeah. reported it. It was it was gone. Okay. Uh, however, that being said, let me let me preface this a little bit. So I am a big fan of superheroes, and as a queer person, when I was a kid, I couldn't help but wonder, and basically that thought when I was a young teen sort of just manifested into this project later on. Now I'm an image maker and I was trying to figure out if there's a funny way to approach superhero erotica in a way that is more cute than sexual. And also it has a lot of my personal projections to the uh, superhero themselves. Like for example, you know, Spider-Man to me is more on the lengthy side and Thor or, you know, Batman, for example, is probably on the girthier side. So it's I'll, a lot I'll, of measurements. I, will take your spec I believe I believe they actually it's now canon. They actually showed Batman yes. in, a, in a comic. Yes. And then that was also another that made national news, I think it did. And then that issue was sold out instantly because it, it I mean, to be honest, I was mildly disappointed in D.C., in the way that I don't think they have to go there because in some ways it take the uh, it took the imagination away from the reader and also I think it was in some way unnecessary because you know he was in I mean it makes sense for that plot however I don't think they had to do that I think in, in reproductions they took that panel out or they they just have it in shadow now or something yeah. It, it, I just didn't think it was a must. You know, it was not, yeah. But that being said, 
I'm glad that, you know, uh, we were on the same page. Like, I'm on the same page with TC in, in, you know, for a split moment. And I, I had a lot of fun working on it because, one, I get to personify a organ that, you know, it's very important to us. But also, on the other hand, it's to find a comical and amusing way to deliver that idea. Because I think it could very easy to become very grotesque. And then that is not my intention. And I was very glad I get to make them very entertaining without having it become gross. Yeah, and, and I think they do come across that way, the, the few I saw. I do have to ask because because I'm also in the superheroes. Who who is your who is your superhero? Like which is the one that you gravitate to? Oh, that is a very good question. If you asked me two weeks ago, um, I would say probably in the MCU is would be Doctor Strange. However, I'm tremendously disappointed in the new movie. So oh, I liked it. Um, not my not 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 for me. So I would say right now in MCU. I would say Shang-Chi is probably pretty high up there, just given that, you know, I've never seen my culture being represented in, in, in a wonderful way. But that being said, the Dr. Manhattan is just like the whole Watchmen storyline, the comic and the TV show, just have so much more interesting perspectives that I think... Yeah, like I would say that's probably the most fascinating story. And there, there is no question what his penis looks like. Yes. However, if we, like, I also, like, okay. I think the HBO TV show, what they did, was kind of weird to Dr. Manhattan because... Yeah, I haven't seen the show yet. I've seen the movie and I've, I've read the book. The movie book. Was, was good, but yeah. the show is fascinating. Okay. Yeah, strongly recommended. It. It's on my list. Go, go watch it. it it's yeah. very well-considered, and also it's very complex. It's genius. It's perfect. And I believe I've read that the reason they that, that his character is nude is because they wanted to show that... Because he first starts as a dressed person, and, he, and he's slowly... And they wanted to show that as he loses his humanity, he quits caring about wearing clothing throughout the thing. And that's why by the end, he's just always nude, because he doesn't care about what other people... Like, he has no relationship to the human race, kind of. Yeah, well, so I think what's, what's interesting about this character is that he experiences time all at once, you know? And then and then he experiences all of the things at once. And so for for that person to have a emotional connection to the human race is tremendously difficult because they're, you know, they don't think like how we think, you know? Time is a lucid concept for them, for, for Dr. Manhattan. And then to me, I feel like it makes sense for him to basically in many ways to lost the care for, you know, clothing, for example. He's, he's essentially just an atom, you know? Yes. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter anymore. And I think that makes sense. All right. We're going to be right back with uh, Zipong Ju. <laughs> What is the Stop Asian Hate? Stop Asian Hate is a movement started since the pandemic in combat with the rising uh, anti-Asian racism. And I was very lucky that I got invited and got asked by Times Square Arts to create this public service announcement to 
really take a stand against racism for the city that I love and the city that I live in. Yeah, and what's and what's their mission? The mission is to really put the message and let people understand uh, one where Times Square stands against racism, but also it's very important for the city to show how much they care about the community and the people. And the campaign has two messages. One is fight the virus, not the people. And the other one is hate has no room here. And then both messages are very strong, very bold, but also um, very straight to the point. I was very honored that ever since the shooting in Atlanta, within a week, I was contacted by Times Square Arts, uh, which is the uh, association that in charge of all the graphic in Times Square that they wanted to put out a PSA. And I was very lucky and honored that I get to help my community and then, you know, make something for the people and the causes that I really care about. Yeah. And then, you know, within that week, I think we did it in three days. I went out. Um, I think it's on almost every billboards in Times Square, which was really epic. And then it also covered the all the display trash can in Times Square as well. So it's really cool and also very moving that the city that I live in, the city that I love, um, took such a stance at against racism. No, that's great. And I didn't, and the thing about the Times Square is, is, is I initially always, whenever I hear someone did a billboard for Times Square, you're like, well, it's just the people there see it. But I realized that, no, the, the, the images of Times Square go out worldwide. Yeah, and then also what I find very, very moving is that, you know, it is a global tour, tourism attraction. And then, you know, you have the people from all over the world, you know, and then these people will bring this message home with them in many ways. You know, I get tagged on social media all the time that, you know, these wonderful people from all over the world get to not only see the work that I make, but also understand what it was for. And then that was something that it's very touching for me. Is there is there a website for people to go find out more about that movement or donate or? Um, yeah, so both Stop Asian Hate and Hate is Right Virus are nonprofit organizations for this specific cause. So you can go to their website to uh, find out more information on how to help the community and how to donate. Okay, thank. We'll be right back. Zipong, um, what what are you what are you looking forward to seeing here at How? I am looking forward to see different perspectives and different uh, angles in the industry that's being presented. Because to me, I think, you know, I live by myself and I work mostly by myself. It's very easy to feel isolated or I get tunnel visioned in not only the work that I do, but also, you know, the people that I see. So I'm very looking forward to see people from all over the country and probably some international folks as well to just see how everybody, you know, do their stuff. And because, you know, it's process and behind the scenes are not something that you get to see very often. And especially, you know, for me, I've been in the industry for almost 12 years now. And then 
I have my ways of doing things, but you know, it's always very, very fascinating to see different people have their own approaches and their own methods of um, you know dealing with the same problem. And then that, to me, it's very fascinating. Yeah, because because there are things they're doing. There's a number this year where they're doing a lot of like how tos and stuff, and I think that's because maybe it's because we've all been locked away by ourselves for a while that all of a sudden you want you've kind of missed out on seeing people. So the how to presentations are a lot more enticing than they were even two years ago. Yeah, a hundred percent. And then also for me, besides the um, you know very straightforward step by step, it's also like how the train of thoughts is being formed because to me an idea and a concept could be shaped in numerous different ways and then i have my version to how to improve an idea how to push it to the next level but every time when i see someone else's presentation of how they take on a very complex and um, big project but then make them flawless and, and this is something that really fascinates me because to me creating work that's both beautiful and practical and smart are very critical to me and then to see how different people utilize that but then in different uh, formats in a different method it's very special to me so what's your process well it depends on what project i work on for us uh, at the studio at dazzle we try to basically date our client um, as much as possible before we get into the work. So we usually spend, I would say, a month of time just back and forth with um, the client to really identify what they're looking for and who they are and uh, what are some of the mission attributes, all of these, you know, very important core uh, brand element if it's a branding project, I mean, for website and Video, it's different, but let's use branding as an example. And for us, using that speed dating information in so many ways, it helped us to really inform the final result. And we are one of those studios that only present one direction. So, you know, it's a lot of eggs in one basket. And, but it was, it's always a very, good gamble for us to take because we spend so much time before to make sure this is a uh, worthy of a risk and it's been paying off i have to say and then that's i would say something make our studio very different from many others when now we had bob gill on this show and he just sadly passed away a few months ago but when we were here in boston um like maybe seven years ago and i know he was famous for also one one idea is all he ever showed, but what what's what happens when you know it is that presentation of one idea? What happens when it doesn't work well? Yeah, so we have a few different uh, solutions. Our most, I would say, personally, I feel it's very clever for us to do this. Is that usually our second round? If the first round didn't work out, we will go through very comprehensive questions to um, ask the client, you know, what didn't work? And then from all the feedbacks and the comments, we usually take them into different directions and present a few more options from the first round. But um, sometimes it was very clear to us that what was exactly went wrong. So we just come back with another one. Yeah, and I know his process was he would start over or and then he would present one more. 
Yeah. Ultimately, for us, it's not usually it's not the work that's the problem is the communication. You know, like maybe there's a core piece that we were missing. You know, like maybe there's something we overlooked and. It's oh, a- we forgot to tell you what we actually sold. We told you the wrong product. Did they tell you stuff like? <laughs> no, it's more like. Well, what was really interesting is that I think setting up expectations and also letting, what was the word, uh, to really do the the full cycle analysis is really important. Like occasionally, we sort of got too too excited about this one specific area that because we we spend a lot of time on the uh, attributes. So you know, if we felt like the solution tackled all the attributes, sometimes I could overlook some of the very core usage of applications and then sometimes that's where it backfires you know and then for us the, it's our six years doing this and how how we did it the year one and year two versus how we do a year five and year six is completely different and then i think given the experience that we have gotten from the past few years now the barely a risk for us anymore you know like we rarely go through you know two or three rounds. It's usually like one or one and a half should be enough for us. Yeah. And what what's the advantage of, of just the one direction that you found? Like what or was there a reason where something went wrong, they picked the one and you're like, we're not doing this again and giving them the option? Like, no. Like what was it? Well so And by I, the way, I've I've done many projects where I just show one and, and there's reasons for it. I just wondered what what your, your your from your process it is. So for us there's a few reasons. One, it's essentially the trust, right? So, you know, a client come to you seeking for your professional expertise and this one direction is what we think it's right. For example, if you go to a restaurant, the chef is not going to give you three versions of the same dish. They will decide one for you. And, and I know you obviously go down different directions. It's not when we say one direction, it's not like that's the only thing you've done. Oh, it's we explore what, yeah. like 300, yeah. you know, before yes. we show that one. But, yeah. you know, but for us, that was the moment that the client gave us their trust. You know, they put their baby in our hands and we we're gonna be the nanny of the night. We will take care of this baby to our best of to the best of our abilities. But then meanwhile, what's also very important is that with this one core idea, we can really show the client how far this can go. You know, like I'm one of the those people that I want to create work that lasts a very long time. And especially when it comes to a brand. I would love to make something and it can go on for, you know, 15, 20 years, and to create a full-on system that works in every single aspect. And then we think about not just the launch, we think about the year two and the year five and the year 10, and that's all in our presentation. And you get to really see how this idea can grow throughout the year and how it can scale from, you know, its enamel pin to a launch party to, you know, a five-year anniversary, like how this can, you know, really sustain through time. And then that for us is very important. But you wouldn't achieve that if you show multiple presentations. Then it's going to be a, you know, 500-deck presentation, you know. like. But when we show our one direction, that deck probably has, like, you know, 120 pages that, you know, we don't have a whole lot of words and stuff that's all images that shows you how this could look, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, when you're saying you're putting your eggs in one basket, that's, I mean, it's a basket. Oh, it's... It's a lot of work. It's not, it's not like one of those, like, 
awful edible arrangements that you get. You know, it's <laughs> you know a I don't know it's a Martha Stewart or you know I don't know some custom made bespoke basket. Oh, it it sounds like it's a whole buffet. Oh, it's more like I would say it's more like a Japanese omakase because we decide everything for you. You sit here and you the food is being served for Ooh. you. But it's multiple courses. It's great. Yeah, but we know, like you know, but we yes. talk to you first what you like, and then everything else it's decided for you. Well, I love it. Um, and where do people go to find out more about Dazzle? You can find us either on our website Dazzle Studio, or you can visit us at our Instagram, also at Dazzle Studio. Well, Zipong, thank you so much, and thank enjoy you. the rest of the conference, and uh, we'll nice. catch up with you later. Yeah, thanks so much. The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Murray is hosted at 36point.com. Music by Dust Lab.